Uh, but at some point, they will be making their way to their seats uh, later on. But if we could probably uh, scoot in, and we'll try, we need to make as much room as possible to make sure everyone uh, does have a seat today. So uh, probably look for ways to, to scoot together where you can uh, and where it's available. But with that being said, we're so glad everyone is here today uh, to worship the risen King uh, this Easter Sunday. So uh, welcome. And I just want to draw your attention to um, just one quick thing in the bulletin. Hopefully you got one. Uh, there's lots of information about different ministries and, uh, and things happening at the church from, uh, from kids to new members to youth. Uh, a lot of things. And then, of course, I, I know we do have a lot of guests today. Uh, there is a tab in there. We'd love for you to fill out. Just drop in the offering plate. With, uh, we want to let you know that we are so glad you came today uh, to worship with us uh, this morning. Uh, so there's a lot to, to do today, this Easter Sunday. Uh, so after the reading of the word, I, I know David is going to take it away and the choir uh, will begin the service. But if you would, please stand for the reading of God's word. This is 1 Corinthians chapter 15, starting in verse 12. Now if Christ is proclaimed as raised from the dead, how can some of you say there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain, and your faith is in vain. We are even found to be misrepresenting God because we testified about God that Christ is raised, whom he did not raise if it is true that the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised, not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile, and you are still in your sins. Then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. If in Christ we have hope in this life only, we are of all people most to be pitied. But in fact, Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. Amen. Thank you, Brother Sack. I'm delighted this morning. Matthew West is our guest organist. He's going to begin our service with a prelude, so please be seated and listen.
Would you join me as we go to our Savior in prayer? Holy Father, what a day. What a day. When you broke forth from the tomb, they came to look. And they said, he is not here. He is risen. How we praise you this morning for that empty tomb and for our wonderful Savior that paid the debt on Calvary's cross that all mankind, whosoever will, may come and drink of the waters of the gift of eternal life, all because of your death and of your burial and resurrection. Father, we praise you. We glorify you. Were it not for this event 2,000 years ago, we would be hopelessly lost. We would have no hope of the gift of eternal life and of something better in our walk of life day by day. Thank you for each person that has gathered here this morning. We know there are many needs, but Father, we know that you're great and you want to meet the needs of each and every person that's here today. And Father, I pray this morning that this will not just be uh, another Sunday morning service where we have come and just sit through a service God, that this will be the morning that we will be spiritually renewed in you. And if there are those this morning that do not know you through the free pardon of sin, I pray that this shall be the time they shall turn to you. Help us you to worship you in spirit and in truth and to know that we know you as our personal Lord and Savior. I pray for our pastor as he shares your word this morning. Hide him behind the cross, and may you be lifted up. Bless the choir and music. Use it all, Lord, to break back all of the calluses that are, may have accumulated in our hearts. And may we see Jesus resurrected anew and afresh in Jesus' precious name. Amen. We have something very special going to happen right now. Several children. This is our children's choir coming in, but I want you in the audience, if there are children, fifth grade and below, you're welcome to come join us right now because we're going to have a very special guest here in this one. If you're in the audience, fifth grade and below, please come down here and sit with the children, okay? Hi, darling. That's my youngest grandson right there. I always say hi when he says hi. Hi, Levi. <laughs> Levi and Ian. Okay. Come on, children, if you want to come. Come quickly. If you're going to come, come on, darling. 
yeah. There's room for everyone. We have a special guest this morning. His name is David Humlong, playing the character of Jesus. David, come ahead.
Yeah.
today alive and you have risen for us Lord God to live with us each day father I pray that if we give back to you a portion of what you blessed us with father that you would watch it that a thousand may be spent as ten thousand Lord be with us this day be with our pastor we thank you for all that you blessed us with it's in your name we pray amen
Thank you, Miss Gail. That was outstanding. What a great way to have a beginning, a worship service here with the children's choir, with the choir, and the, the handbells is outstanding. It's our music ministry, our children's ministry, and the great things going on here at Broadway. If you have your Bible, I hope you do, open to the book of John, John chapter 19, verse 38. While you turn there, um, I'm going to tell you what happened this week. This week, our children got Easter outfits, and Sherry did too, and... <laughs> And what happened is I was realizing everybody in our house, except for me, has a new Easter outfit. And I'm thinking, you know, my clothes are old and stale. I need some new clothes, too. If everybody else is getting some, I need to go get some. So I told Sherry a few days ago, I said, Sherry, I need a new Easter tie. I'm going to go to Macy's and buy, my, buy me one. And uh, she said, this is a true story, she said, Dan, you are not, you don't need any more ties. Uh, if you're going to go buy a new tie, you have to go donate 15 to... Uh, the Goodwill. So if y'all go to the Goodwill on Boston Road, there's 15 new ties there that I used to wear. You might recognize some. Anyway, I went to Macy's this week, and I went there, and I bought me, you know, Easter, you have to have pink or uh, turquoise, the Easter colors this, with the spring season. So I got me a new tie, and I come home. When you buy something you're excited about, you want to just tell somebody, hey, look what I got. Look at my new, my new clothes, my new tie. It goes with other 200 I have, but what, 200 minus 15, so 185, now 186. So I show her uh, the... Um, a new tie, I said, Sherry, even the sales lady commented on how much she liked it at Macy's. She was impressed by it. Sherry looks at me and says, Daniel, she's a sales lady. What else do you think the woman's going to say? She'll tell you anything you want to hear. When there's someone's trying to say something, that's what they do. You, you tell that person what you want to hear. So, and it just, it let the air out of the room when something like that happened. And I thought, you know, you're probably right, she told me. But anyway, I like it. It's my Easter tie. Now, I share that because the salespeople at Macy's, at Fayette Mall, they will tell you what you want to hear, to, so you'll buy whatever they're selling there. But this story here we're about to read of an empty tomb, I'm not telling this because you just want to hear it. God didn't just include this in the Scriptures just so it's something you need to believe. This is a fact. Jesus Christ is alive. The tomb is empty. And that's what we've come this morning here on Easter morning to celebrate. And we're going to look here at five characters, five folks who all came and had an impact in, the, in Christ after he died and then on Easter Sunday morning. So I want you to read along in your Bibles. John chapter 19, verse 38. Jesus had just passed away. Past few weeks, if you've been here at Broadway, um, three weeks ago we looked, we've been leading up to this point, three weeks ago we looked at how Jesus Christ, he was betrayed by Judas. And what happened? Peter got upset, he got mad. All of a sudden it was unexpected. So when and the point was when unexpected things happen in our life, Peter just pulled out a sword and started swinging wildly. And many times we do the same. When something unexpected, we just start uh, swinging. So then after that, uh, two weeks ago, we looked at Peter, how he was a confident, prideful man. He told Jesus that he would never deny him, and three times he did. And Peter was nowhere to be found during the crucifixion. It says he went and ran away and wept bitterly. He was obviously upset. Everything Jesus said about him came true. And then we saw the picture how Jesus had to restore Peter from that. And how a ministry of reconciliation, when we have broken relationships in our life, we should be the ones taking the initiative in restoring those relationships. Last Sunday, we saw Jesus 
He died on a cross. He was alone up there. And he died in what we call, the, he took away God's wrath towards us because he made the payment, the atonement is what the Bible calls it. That's the atonement for our sins. And this morning we're going to see the empty tomb. John chapter 19, verse 38. After this, so Jesus has just died. After this, Joseph of Arimathea, who was a disciple of Jesus, but secretly because of his fear of the Jews, asked Pilate that he might remove Jesus' body. Pilate gave him permission. Pilate was one of these guys, he just went along with the flow. If whatever you wanted, he's a perfect politician. If folks wanted this, he'll give you this. If you want this, he'll give you that. So if the folks want Jesus' body, of course, we don't want to cause any problems. Here's his body. That's what type of guy Pilate was. So he's given him permission, so he came and took his way his body. Who is Joseph of Arimathea? You don't need to turn over there, but if you were to flip back in your scriptures and you were to look at Luke 23, verses 50 and 51, Joseph of Arimathea, the Bible describes him as a member of the Jewish Sanhedrin. And when they were about to crucify Jesus, he spoke up on Jesus' behalf. He said, hey, the guy needs a fair trial. We should at least hear what he has to say. The Bible describes Joseph of Arimathea as a secret disciple. And what happened after Jesus' death, people who were becoming, who were secret disciples, they all of a sudden become public followers. Uh, there was a shift that was made here. So uh, this gentleman here, he is going to um, get a tomb for Jesus, Joseph of Arimathea. Another secret disciple pops up. So what we see at Jesus' death, we see two secret disciples. The next secret disciple shows up in verse 39, Nicodemus, who had previously come to him at night. So he is a nighttime disciple. He, and G, Nicodemus was the guy who came to Jesus at night. And the most famous of all Bible verse there in John 3, 16, in the John chapter 3, he comes to Jesus at night and wants some explanation of what it means to be born again. And Jesus explained that to him. So Nicodemus is there at night. And he also shows up after Jesus died. And he brings a mixture of about 75 pounds of myrrh and aloes. That's a lot. They took Jesus' body and wrapped it in linen cloths with the fragrant spices according to the burial customs of the Jews. So all of a sudden, these two men, Nicodemus, Bible says, was also a member of the Sanhedrin. He was part of that Jewish leader. He was a secret follower of Jesus. And him and Joseph of Arimathea realized this, this man died on the cross. And they all of a sudden went public as followers. That's why we as believers, it's important for you to follow Christ publicly. Jesus Christ calls us to be public followers. You know, I think about these two men here. Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus. They were secret followers until jesus died the other 12 disciples they were public followers jesus's mother mary she was a public follower she was there at the cross john the beloved disciple he was a public follower there at the cross peter was a public follower until he denied him but then he came back and became another public follower but these guys here would not follow jesus until after he was dead jesus christ calls us as christians we're to follow Him publicly. It's, Christianity is not a private religion. We shouldn't be ashamed of Jesus Christ. 
should be proud to be a follower of him. You know, we, we commend Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus for doing this for Jesus, but it's somewhat sad that they were secret followers up until this time. And I think the question for us when we look at these characters here, guys, have y'all been a, have you been a secret follower? Does anybody know that you're a follower of Jesus Christ? Do people know where you stand in your relationship with the Lord? Look what happens here. It says in verse 41, There was a garden in the place where he was crucified. A new tomb was in the garden, but no one had been yet buried in it. They placed Jesus there because it was the Jewish day of preparation. This is on Friday evening. The Sabbath started at sundown. And since the tomb was nearby, so these two men pop up out of nowhere. They were, seeking, they were hiding in a bush, and they saw that, all right, it's time to go to work. Jesus is dead. Now we're going to help the man out. So they pop out of the bush and start helping out Jesus. And they buried him in a tomb. Now look what happens here. That was on, that was on Friday evening. Two secret followers show up. On the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene. Mary Magdalene, who was she? She was set free of seven demons, the Bible declares. Jesus Christ healed her. And she never forgot it. We don't know much about her. We don't know if she was married. Most likely she was a wealthy woman who financially supported Jesus' ministry. And she showed up, and she's there to, she wanted to um, pay her respects to Jesus. So she shows up on the first day of the week. That is Sunday morning. In Judaism, the Sabbath is on Saturday. We as Christians worship on Sunday. That's why on Sunday we're here in this sanctuary worshiping the risen Lord. Because Mary Magdalene shows up at the tomb and the tomb's empty on Sunday morning. We worship not on Saturday, but on Sunday because of the resurrection. It changed everything. That's why it's important for us as believers to worship on Sunday. It's the Lord's day as the scriptures declare to it. So she shows up in the tomb early while it's still dark. She saw that the stone had been removed from the tomb. That's unexpected, obviously. So she went running to Simon Peter. And she went running to Simon Peter and to the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, that's John, who's writing this, and said to them, they've taken the Lord out of the tomb. And we don't know where they've put him. So Mary Magdalene here believed that his body was stolen. She knew where Peter and the other disciples were meeting at because she was in the, I guess, the inner club there, knew the inner workings. And this was not, this was unexpected. When Jesus does something, there's an unexpectedness with him. And it says here, verse 3, At that, Peter and the other disciple went out, headed for the tomb. The two were running together, but the other disciple outran Peter, and got to the tomb first. Stooping down, he saw the linen cloths lying there, but he did not go in. So John outran Peter. John was a fast runner. He beat Peter there. So he shows up, and then he didn't walk in. Then following him, Simon Peter, verse 6, also came. He entered the tomb and saw the linen cloths lying there. The wrappings that had been on his head were not lying with the linen cloths, but were folded up in a separate place. By itself, I want to tell you why this is important. saying, why is the Bible talking about how the linen cloths were folded? 
The reason why is because if grave robbers would have come stolen Jesus, they would not be folding the linen cloths there and putting it in there. If somebody robs you, they grab and go. They don't want to fold clothes. So that's what's uh, going on here. They're saying, hey, this, this was not just a grave robber who came in. The linen cloths are folded up nicely. Jesus folded his clothes. Verse 7. Verse 8. The other disciple who had reached the tomb first, then also went in, that's John, saw and believed. For they did not yet understand that the Scripture, that he must rise from the dead, then the disciples returned to the place where they were staying. What happened here was these two men show up and they, were, they realized by seeing a folded cloth, a grave robber did not do this. And the, they're realizing the Scriptures are true. Jesus rose from the dead. If you read on there in chapter 20, we see that Jesus appeared. Mary Magdalene thought he was a gardener. And Jesus wasn't a gardener, but she appeared to him when she said, Mary spoke his name. There was, an un, there was unexpectation, unexpected Jesus occurred. Two weeks ago, I was a chaperone to fourth graders. Normally, when I'm a school chaperone, I always, 100% of the time, get the boys. So when you go on a school field trip, you uh, get your little group. In my group, normally I'm always with boys. Never have I been with the girls. When the, the fourth graders at Wellington Elementary School, they went to a field trip to Louisville to the Kentucky Science Center. It's across the street from the uh, Louisville Slugger Museum. Went there, rode the school buses. Uh, I was, had my little group. And I was shocked to find out they had amazingly given me the girls. Five girls I had to watch. And this is important because there's three or four floors there. And uh, I thought, wow, I've got the girls. Uh, well, the way, well, fourth grade girls, they all stay together. So the way it works at the Science Museum is you go into a floor, and you see the little stuff, and you go to the next little station. Excellent. You just go, just go around looking at I mean, spend hours looking at the different little exhibits there, hands-on, just completely for children. So you go there, and the girls stay together. They all talk to each other. They uh, do their things together, and they just go in groups. They Groupies, they're all together. And it was easy. I thought, this is a breeze watching these girls. I've never done this before. It's such, a, such a easy people to chaperone. Well, I was, when we were getting our orientation, how to be a chaperone at the school, there was this guy next to me, and um, he got what I normally got. Fourth grade boys are 10 years old. And he got five boys. This poor soul. He, and the goal, in our chaperone training, our goals were you got to watch your children. Like, you need to make sure they don't kill themselves. They don't, you know, they don't do any, they run away. They don't even run out the building. Just stay, keep them alive and stay safe and keep your eyes on them at all times. And that's what you require. That's what you're to do. So, um, I mean, I was with my little groupies, these little girls, this poor guy. I mean, he was about to pour his hair. He never had his boys together. Not once. One was on the second floor, the other was on the fourth floor. And literally, I mean, he was yelling at them up there, guys, we're down here, come back. And literally, I mean, his experience as a chaperone was radically different than mine. Completely different. I had a great time. 
I got to experience and follow along and see what the girls were doing and participate with them. That guy just ran ragged back and forth trying to keep these people. And that's boys. That's a 10-year-old boy for you right there. They don't obey. They don't stay together. It's every man for himself. We say, just meet back at 3.15. That's when the bus leaves. And they did. And I share this because for some folks, as a chaperone, just who you have, that's going to be your experience at the Science Center. For some of you, Easter, if you are a born-again believer in Jesus Christ this morning, you identify the tomb is empty and you are going to heaven because Jesus Christ is now, He's in heaven. You're excited. You come and worship a risen Lord. There's not doom and gloom. And it was a place it's like chaperoning girls at the Science Center. It's a pleasant experience. You're, you're saved because He is alive. Good Friday is over. Christ conquered the grave. Now for some of you, if you are not saved this morning, if you do not know Jesus, it's like chaperoning boys. It's just all over the place. It's unexpected. Trying to, trying to live your life without the Lord. And Jesus Christ is speaking to you this morning. And His message to you, saying, I'm alive. I'm in heaven today. Do you remember the story? We won't turn there, but do you remember the story of Doubting Thomas? It's later on in the book of John. He was a disciple. And when he first heard about Jesus was alive, do you know what he said? Show me his hands. Show me a side that the spear went into. I don't believe he's alive. Jesus walked in later that day. And he turned straight to Thomas and said, Look at my hands. Look at my side, Thomas. Stop doubting and believe. He told Thomas, said, Thomas, it's now the time to make a decision. I'm standing in front of you. Do you know Jesus is in heaven right now, and there are holes in his hand. There's a hole in his side. If you are a saved, born-again believer, you pass away, you will see the risen Lord like he was on the cross. And you'll look at him, and that hole's going to be there. He was nailed to the cross for you and I. God rose him from the dead. He got up. He folded his linen uh, uh, cloths there. Tomb rolled away. Stone rolled away. He walked out. And he was on earth for 40 days, the Bible said. The Bible says he appeared to 500 people. And then he ascended on 40 days later and went to heaven. And now he's at the right hand of God. When you trust in Jesus as your Savior this morning, when you make a decision to follow Christ, you are saved because of an empty tomb. That is the gospel message. That's what we've come this morning as believers to celebrate. The tomb is empty. This morning, I'm going to lead us. We did it last week for Palm Sunday. And I want you to do it again because I want you, my job as a preacher of the gospel is to make sure you clearly understand what does it mean to be saved? What does it mean to trust and follow Christ? And you need that opportunity. Jesus Christ 
calls us publicly. Publicly, Peter, John, and Mary Magdalene, they went to that tomb. They were there. Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus, they were followers of Jesus, but they were secret followers. After Jesus died, they became public followers. Jesus Christ calls us to follow Him publicly. You should not be ashamed of Christ. The Bible says if you are ashamed of Him, He will be ashamed of you upon death. You know, for many of you here, for some of us here, we don't know our future holds. This could be your last Easter ever. This could be it. We are not promised tomorrow. We are not promised Easter of 2019. Have you trusted in the Christ in the risen tomb? Let's bow our heads. I'm going to lead us in a prayer. Now this is what we call the sinner's prayer. This prayer here is a way that we express faith in Christ. And if you are here this morning and you have never trusted in Christ as your Savior, you've never believed in the one who walked out of that tomb and who rose from the dead, Jesus Christ is speaking to you this morning on Easter. There is no better Sunday to get saved than on Easter Sunday. There's no better day to make a commitment or even rededicate your life to Christ. Maybe you've been a secret follower all this all these years. You're like Nicodemus and Joseph of Arimathea, and Christ is calling you public. He's saying, Quit following me as a closet Christian. I'm alive. He's, he's a public, risen Savior. If that is you, this today, Christ is speaking to you, and I want you to say this prayer as an expression of placing your faith in Jesus Christ. And you can pray this to yourself. Dear Jesus, I am a sinner. Forgive me of my sins. I accept the tomb is empty. From this day on, I will live for you. Jesus, make me a public follower. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. I want you to look up. Bible says very clearly. Church, if you pray that prayer, that is expression of your faith. Teenagers, children, you do that. That's what it means to trust in Jesus Christ. If you do that, the Scripture says Jesus saves you. Now Christ calls us to, po- to follow Him publicly. And our church here, we don't want to be a bunch of Nicodemus and Joseph of Arimathea and wait till it's too late and then come out publicly and follow Jesus Christ. We have a public invitation. I want to tell too, some of you, I don't even have a bulletin, but in your bulletin there's a tear-off card. Some of you, if you cannot do this, you can check the box on your Connect card, salvation or baptism. And just, I'll be standing out here, Sherry and I will be standing out here talking folks and say, Daniel, 
I couldn't walk the aisle, but I need, I need to talk to you or Brother Hurd or David Dell or Zach Bauer. I need a pastor to come speak to me. And we'll come this week and talk to you about what it means to get saved. Jesus Christ, my job, our music and children's ministry here, we communicate the message that Jesus loves you, and He communicated that because the tomb is empty. If you, if you can't come publicly, I'll be standing down front here in a second. If you can't come publicly and talk to me, I want you to speak to me out here in the Welcome Center. Say, Daniel, here's my phone number. Please call me. We're going to have a public invitation. This is your opportunity to respond. There is no better Sunday than to respond to Jesus Christ than on Easter. This is the most important of all the Christian holidays. Without the empty tomb, whiz, useless. Jesus born in a manger. Jesus died on a cross. But until God rose him from the dead, he had not conquered death. We go to heaven because the tomb is empty and Jesus is now in heaven at the right hand of the Father. Let's stand together. I'm going to have, we're going to have our time of response. David Dell is going to lead us in a song. I'm going to be standing right here waiting for you to respond. We're going to sing in your hymn book, 544. Have thine own way, Lord. Have thine own way, Lord, have thine own way. Thou art the potter, I am the clay. Mold me and make me after thy will. While I am waiting, yielded and sealed. Oh.
ask everybody to be seated real quick. I'm going to make a couple, one or two announcements here, then I'm going to share about how the Lord's certainly moving. God's certainly doing great things here at Broadway this morning. The, this is Easter, so what that means is we do Sunday night worship, except on Easter. So we do not have evening worship. There's no youth group tonight, no, the um, team kid, the children's ministry. They're not meeting, so it's your opportunity to spend time with your family. You can have an Easter dinner. So uh, that's, um, I was talking to one lady today. She told me she had 16 people that was coming over to her house. I need to hurry up. <laughs> she had to get ready. So, I heard amen from the choir for that. So that is. So, well that, but that is, I want to share about that. There's no evening worship. But I know we have guests here with us this morning. There was one thing I want, one main thing I want to announce. Uh, next Sunday, we're doing something um, called a Get Acquainted Luncheon. Uh, after our worship service is over at 12 o'clock, we have a free special luncheon for you. It's going to be, our fellowship hall is directly below us here, and you'll go there, and it meets from 12 to 1. And it's a way to learn more about Broadway. It's a way to learn about uh, how to connect and some of the different ministries here at our church. I want to invite you to be a part of that. There's a couple of ways you can sign up. You sign up on the Connect card, the little tear-off sheet there, or you just go on the church's website and register for that. So it's um, a wonderful way to certainly connect here at church at our um, Get Acquainted Luncheon next Sunday. That's April 8th at uh, noon, from noon to 1. And I promise it ends right at 1 o'clock. It's not one of these things we trap you for three hours, and then it's 3 o'clock in the afternoon. So 12, 1 o'clock you stand up and leave. So that is, that's a great way to learn more about here, uh, about Broadway Baptist. Miss Tracy, you want to come stand up here, Brother Hurt? This here is Miss Tracy Miller. And uh, uh, Miss Tracy's been attending for several months now here. Brother Jim Hurt stands with her. And uh, Tracy's coming to join our church. She's coming from New Salem Baptist Church in Crab Orchard, Kentucky. All right? Who knows? Who, who, first of all, who knows where Crab Orchard, Kentucky is? Wow. <laughs> All right, who's actually been to Crab Orchard, Kentucky? Amazing. More people have been to Crab Orchard, Kentucky than they actually know about it. So that is. So she was telling me it's uh, 50 miles southwest somewhere. So, it, so she is, she's uh, new here in Lexington. It's a wonderful way to connect. Tracy's very, got, uh, very involved in Sunday school and connecting here in our church. Tracy, we are excited for you for uniting here at Broadway Baptist and being part of our church family. If you're excited for tracing her decision, you join me in saying amen. 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 We always have a receiving line, so uh, right when uh, David Dell, I think, is going to close this in a song, right when he's done, you'll want to come by and uh, congratulate Tracy on her decision here for uniting with our church and certainly wish her a happy Easter. David. Let's stand together. We'll sing together. He is Lord. They're going to they're gonna take, your, they'll take your picture when you leave. So Bless you.